I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Episode one. I am fucking pumped, Courtney. How are you feeling? I am so excited to get this going, finally. So, episode one, we're going to do House of Cards. We so, are. House of Cards premiered February 2013. And, um, Courtney, why don't you just like let everyone know what was going on February 13th, <laughs> February 2013. For sure. Um, so, yeah, this is 2013. I actually had to go back and look because I'm like, what? Am I watching? What time period is this? I couldn't really remember. Um, but 2013 was kind of a unique time because it's when the big name movie stars are starting to get back into TV and it's cool. Like before then, like if you went from movies to TV, you were kind of like that was the end of your career. But this is the point when it was just starting to like get good again. Um, So basically they got somebody like Kevin Spacey to come on and do this show, which is which is a pretty big deal. I mean, he's an award winner. Um, and this was this was a good thing to get him on television. So it kind of launched this whole new like golden age of television. And what I thought was really interesting was this was the first scripted series that Netflix created. So basically it launched the whole binge watching thing because before then you watch shows one at a time week by week. They sent all the episodes out at one time and that really got people into watching. You could watch a whole season of a series at one time. So essentially house of cards invented binge watching wait so this predated the eight thousand shitty netflix comedy specials yeah yeah it absolutely did i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was really like their big undertaking um i mean after this of course you had orange is the new black and things like that but this really like set it off and i went back and i looked a little bit just about that time period and even kevin spacey um he had a quote from that year and he said with House of Cards, we demonstrated that we learned the lesson that the music industry didn't learn. Give people what they want, when they want it, in the form that they want it, at a reasonable price, and they're more likely to pay for it rather than steal it. Because if you remember, piracy was like a huge thing um, back that many years ago. And Give me that LimeWire. Like, destroy my computer, please. Yeah. <laughs> just, just download it and go for it. But also, it was like crazy concept. Like, hey, you're just going to pay a fee, and then we're just going to give you something without commercials in it like what a concept yeah and you, you don't have to wait for the next week to come to do it also i i read about a week after this came out there was a huge snowstorm on february 8th and everyone was stuck inside in boston we got 24 and a half inches on oh one day god oh my so god. i don't know if you remember that here. but like that's netflix and chill was born february 8th 2013 <laughs> and how many babies are born nine months later after that i don't know i'm gonna google that on the google machine eventually <laughs> Yeah, you know, the other thing about why I think this was so good was you got to think about politics that year. Like you're coming out of a new election because it's going to be Obama's second term. He just beat out Mitt Romney. So there's like a heightened sense of politics throughout the country. You know, same sex marriage is a hot topic at that time. Obamacare is a hot topic. So people are looking, they're seeking for that like political outlet. Yeah, it's like jag was like i'm pretty sure jag was over and west wing had obviously run its course and people like yeah. wanted that poli sci um you know and I'm, you, couldn't I'm pretty say, sure you couldn't say fuck on west wing you know what i mean like this is a whole new platform yeah they were like you want to know what you can just fucking swear all you want on this shit <laughs> we're gonna give yeah. you all the episodes you drop all the fucks you want <laughs> yeah we're gonna have sex on this we're gonna do whatever you want and it's gonna be great 
Exactly, exactly. So that's kind of, I mean, that was kind of what was going on at the time. And it, it really created something. I mean, what, what did you know about this going into it? You're probably gonna laugh at me. So I wrote down some thoughts real quick. I want to read them off to you. Yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, it's so bad. I know Kate Mara was in it. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna yeah. watch this. Um, so Robin Wright, I, um, I had that Kevin Spacey was the president. Yeah. <laughs> And Robin was like the VP, but she probably had like way better ideas and better better direction. And Kevin Spacey was like his character was like really old school and didn't want to like listen to a woman and all this bullshit. Ooh. And um, and then like she goes over his head and like all this other stuff happens. And then I thought it was gonna be like a knockdown drag down between them two, because um, you know, looking at Netflix now and the last series, it, it showed her like in that throne. Oh um, yeah, position. right. That like, poster. I, I'm pretty sure it's the Lincoln Memorial um that she's sitting on, but. Like that was my initial thought. And I was like, I don't know how the hell this is going to happen. So like, I was obviously dead wrong in the first like 30 seconds of the show. I was like, Oh um. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like, I don't, I gotta be honest. I'm not like a huge political follower. So I'm like, what, where am I? What's happening? Like I'm, I had to go back and think about what that year was all about. Like, I'm like, I don't know. There was just well, nothing but mad car bombings that year in 2013. I, I, I went through like a timeline of what happened in 2013. It was just, it was a shit show. Yeah. But I also had to fucking Google like every position that people. Yeah. Like, like, like he finally like, revealed he was the whip. I was yeah. like, what? Like he, it was 45 minutes in and I'm like, wait, what is he? Yeah. So I got a couple of those written down. I like read them. Um, there's still a, like we only watched the first episode, as you know, from the premise of our show, we're going to watch the first episode and the very last episode. Well, but this first episode. I don't know what these people are. Like, I don't even know the character names. It was so all over the place. I'm like, bald guy, having sex, all yeah. this other stuff. Well, who was, by the way, the most interesting one. And I don't even know how important he is to the whole scheme of things. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I've definitely seen him in other shows, but I have no idea. So, um, Courtney, let's let's go into our live view, like our notes when we were watching it. Yeah. So um, I guess I just want to preface this and say, like, this, I mean, this had to be a big get for Netflix. Spacey is... If at that time, you know, he was pretty acclaimed. He was an Oscar winner and everything else. So, I mean, this is, you know, going into this, I had high expectations. Um, my first thing is if you're going to start a show choking a dog out, you're going to have to give us some backstory. I mean, yeah. I, just I was just know. watching it. I was like, what? Like, wait, wait to like alienate half of your audience in the first 30 seconds of a show. When, it's not even his dog. Like, what I a piece know, of shit. Who, and did and did Lurch in the tuxedo hit the dog? Like who hit the dog? And like he talks right at the camera, and I was like, oh, this is like a shitty. Like, oh, when he broke thing. the fourth wall, it was like get out of my face. <sighs> like this twenty third. Like I guess maybe I'm holding it to like twenty twenty standards. I don't know, but I'm like, why? But I think it was to to show purpose that like he's gonna do anything necessary in order to get what he wants, even if yeah. it means killing a dog in the first, like it's just it i was just like what the fuck all right oh uh, let's see is it can't get any worse so i thought like i'm like okay to me when he broke the fourth wall i was like oh they think the viewing audience is dumb like he's gonna explain shit to us okay I'll, i can get behind it a little he didn't explain anything. he talked in limericks the whole time like i'm <laughs> like, what? like what why is this happening and yeah. the weird part is is like the logo the flags upside down so when you display a fl- flag upside down it means a signal of dire distress and instances of extreme danger to life or property it can also be viewed as an act of 
uh, desecration and has been used by uh, extension to make a statement about the stress of civic, political, or other areas. So, okay. like, I was like, well, shit's going to be all fucked up. Like, you know, when the opening so, credits rolled, I was pumped when Constance Zimmer was supposed to be in it. I don't know how well you know her, but I was like, I oh, she's always bitchy. Like, she'll be good. And then they put her at the newspaper in some, like, sweater. I was like, this is not the Constance Zimmer I want. <laughs> well, Kate Mara, uh, who plays Zoe Barnes. So she's a paper reporter at the Washington Herald in here. Uh, yeah. Fun fact about her, she got married to her co-star in the Fantastic Four. His name is Jamie Bell. Do you know who he is? I don't. He was in Jumper. Um, okay. Karen. Okay. He's 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 actually a really gifted um, actor, and um, yeah, no one saw that remake of Fantastic Four. I just want no, to preface that. Well. Well, they were, they no, were I'm pretty sure that like canceled that entire side of whatever universe that is. Yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> they had their hands full with Avengers and everything else. Yeah. So Kevin Spacey, after that, they go to like this ball, and he makes this like reference that says like size of the chair, and I was like, oh, that's a shout out to the cover. Right. But my favorite scene happened next with the bald dude having phone sex. And I was like, that is oh, such yeah. a bold move. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, <laughs> I don't hate that. But shout out when he gave a shout out to Monica Lewinsky, the, the OG for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, uh, and then he was pretty pissed. He was not nominated for the secretary of state. And the secretary of state is a senior official in the federal government of the United States of America and the head of United States Department of State. The secretary of state's duties uh, are principally concerned about foreign policy. He or she is considered the U.S. government's minister of foreign affairs. Right. So he I mean, I guess I had to kind of go back and think about this. And I'm like, well, this is what sets everything in motion. Right. Like Spacey's supposed to get this position as secretary of state. Um, the woman brings him in there. Oh, we're not going to do it for X, Y, and Z reason. And now he's pissed. Now he's going to sell all these people up the river. Okay. I can, I can get behind that premise. But when he went home to the wife, there was some going on there that I just am puzzled still what was happening. When they like go home and they call each other by their name. Yeah. The Francis and everything was so. It was one thing I put in here for very gifted actors. Everything seemed so scripted. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't any, I mean, she sends him one text, like basically like, where are you? He gets home and their interactions as husband and wife just weren't organic. Yeah. My they're like, doesn't even apologize to me. Like, you know, she just had this weird thing. Yeah. Do you, do you ever call Justin by his name? Cause when I do it, I'm like, Lindsay, don't call me by my government name. I feel like I always tell people when they call me Courtney, because Mm -hmm. so many people call me court, I'm like, stop using my name as a weapon. Like (laughs) they're calling me by my nickname or like, yeah. So when she just kept saying Francis and everybody else knew him as Frank, I was like, there is a dynamic here that we have not touched on. (laughs) Yeah. And like, are you like, are you a big grudge person? Because like they were just stewing in another room, quietly smoking like in the hallway for like hours before they actually like interacted with each other yeah there was a lot when he when she went to bed and he knocked over that tray of glass or whatever he straight up left that for hours until she got up and started cleaning it it's like what is she supposed to be like this kind of like ball busting wife who's it kind of goes along with your theory like she is in charge in a way or so it seems Oh, yeah. I mean, she's the head of, like, a nonprofit. we find out, and, like... He's the head of that she, marriage, Is, is she Hillary Clinton? Like, is that what it's supposed to be? It's supposed to be Bill Right, like, what, what's, what's this alluding to here? Yeah. Because yeah, that, um, I had that same note that you have about Hillary Clinton, because I'm like, is it almost supposed to look like she's the woman behind the scenes, but he's the one who gets all the acclaim? Like, 
Yeah, she a puppet master. Yeah. yeah. The next thing they were in church in DC. That must be super fucking creepy for all those like. No, I find church to be very creepy, but to be in like that church with like all these people in DC must be like the whitest church in the world. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Like I'm. D- I was like, is this a thing where they all just go to church together? Is like how much of this is based in reality? I don't even know if you know, but like. I have to find out. <laughs> like, is everyone cool to church, go to church on Sunday? I, I'm i like, wow, these people like don't get a lot of sleep. Like, it seems like you need to be well-rested to start taking over a nation. Like, it it seemed like Spacey never slept in this entire thing. Oh, yeah, you, you, you don't. I mean, these people just, like, live, breathe, eat, just, like, Politics, shit, right? all that. Politics. Like, they live in that. No one straight up smiled in this episode, not a once. Well, what about the <laughs> sex scene that happened next? I mean... The weird part about it is he gave her like one tissue. That was my biggest issue. Just a single tissue. And I was like, what the actual F is going on? Yeah. And you know, it's like, it's like he's fucking the secretary. Like, all right, I'm into this. I'm into this side of things. Right. And then like cut to, he's cruising around with some freaking redhead. After he told the broad he loved her, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, if you you don't need to explain to us how slimy politicians are, like, we can put that together in our own brains. Like, we didn't need that scene. Yeah, like, also, in the most, like, typical sex on TV scene, she throws on, like, his shirt right away. Oh, I know. Like, she, after. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can be like, kidding me. Stop and it. when she says, I love you, and he's like, look my balls. And I was like, that. <laughs> That's all time. And then there's another line that, that came off like right after this. He goes, if I was going to fuck you, you'd know. And I was yeah. like, oh. Remember when, when Kate Mara like, comes yeah. over? <laughs> Kate Mara comes over this house, to Kevin Spacey's house later. And he's, he's like, if With I was going to fuck you, you'd pathetic know. Pathetic ass cleavage. I'm like, stop it. Like, you are better than First of all, they hit her in a ponytail and a sweatshirt for most of this thing. And then she yeah. comes over with the white dress. Is our viewing audience that ridiculous that we really need Kate Mara to stick out amongst like the group? Like, I feel like they're doing a lot of things here with color. But one thing I noticed, like anytime they're in the newsroom, it's very yellow. Everything's yellow. But when with they're with the p- political people, everything's that very blue, that calm, that, you know, it's like separating these two parties and then Mara, when she shows up, she's just supposed to kind of bring the two worlds together, I guess. I don't know. I'm still still putting it together. I don't know. But right now we're we're at like 24 minutes and 50, 55 seconds into the episode and I was fucking bored. I'm like, all right, I'm going to shut this off. When he, you know what? I have a note in here. 45 minutes in, he finally said he was the whip. I wrote 45 minutes in, still didn't know what that was. Like, I still don't know. I still don't know the bald man's name. And he was the most interesting one. Oh, I don't know. But when Kate Mara, um, when she sees that picture, um, when she's in her apartment, first of all, her apartment sucks. Oh, my God. Like, what a shithole. Is that supposed to show, like, the drastic, like, difference between politicians and normal people? Yeah. She's got a bra hanging out of the drawer. Like, just just hanging right out the drawer. It's just gross. But, so, you know, she, she pushes her tits up after she sees that picture of um, Underwood doing that, like, that guy walking meme. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Where, like, the other one's, like, <laughs> the guy the you're girl. looking back, and then, like, you, there's, like, a caption on the other thing that's supposed to be what you wanted instead of what you're doing. Yeah. And, well, I didn't understand, I guess, maybe, like, I don't know, am I scandalized? Like, I didn't understand why that picture was such a big deal that he was checking out her ass. No, I don't know. 
I what, like why was that enough for him to let her in the door? Yeah, but when he was making her a drink, I was like, for sure he's gonna spike that shit. Yeah, like I thought there was definitely gonna be more like he's, he's gonna kill her. But I, I looked and she's in more episodes, so yeah. I will like... say, spoiler alert, I do know that they end up because I knew this going in just from like pop culture shit, they end up she ends up his mistress and he pushes her in front of a fucking train later. So okay. there is going to be some murderer. The weird part yeah. is she's on the show until 2014 and then comes back in 2016, two years later. So I don't know what's up with that. Oh, so I guess we'll have to find out. There's a gap in her, um, oh. her timeline on I the show. I wonder if she doesn't die in the train business or if she comes back as like, I don't know, videotape. Yeah, I guess or... We should have prefaced everyone watch the first episode before you listen to this. Like watch the episode and then listen back and be like, all right, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of do have to go through this a little bit because there's a lot of pieces to this. I had to watch this twice. Right. And I'm still kind of puzzled. Even now I have it going in the background. Um, I'm still kind of puzzled by this because there's a lot of pieces to this. I get that he's pissed about the Secretary of State thing, but why is he going to take down these other people who didn't make the decision? Is it just like, well, I guess that's what House of Cards mean, right? Like you knock the small ones down to get to the bigger ones. Well, if you take down the, if you take down the base of it, the whole thing falls. Right, right. So before she leaves, he's like, drive safe. It's slippery on the roads. And I'm like, oh, that's a foreshadow. He's going to do something to her. So maybe that's your... Maybe that's that's my foreshadow. Okay. Correct. Um, he gives her like the shredded papers, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, it's, I don't even think that's like a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like a bill before it's ready. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite understand that either. I didn't. Is that something nobody's supposed to see? I don't know. I mean, and later, I don't know. Here we are, not poli sci people. Did you think they had chemistry? Like, for her to become his mistress, as I've heard, according to lore, I didn't think they had any chemistry. I think they both have, like, a, a deep desire to, to to get to a certain point in their career. And yeah. um, by, by willing to do that by any means necessary. And I think that Kevin Spacey finds, an, like, a resource in her. Uh, and eventually he's going to find a trust that he doesn't have at home with his wife. I think that's what it's going to be. Like, he doesn't. He can't trust anyone, but she proves herself time and time again when he gives her things like the shredded papers and she doesn't like rat on him. So eventually he just like, he falls in love with that idea. Like I can see that happening. Yeah. A hundred percent. That makes sense to me. And I could see like, he seems to be, you know, kind of henpecked by Robin Wright Penn. And so I could see where maybe he wants to even escape that a little bit. Yeah. She's supporting him, but she's kind of also running the show. And, Bill and Hillary, right there, right there. Yes, there, yeah. exa- exactly. And they gave her that like short blonde haircut. I was like, that was a thing too. Yeah, that's like that was Karen before Karen, right there. Right. And Take me to the not- president. I have a complaint. What? You know how Karen's always asked for like managers, oh, yeah. and <laughs> district managers, phone numbers, and stuff. Management. Bring me to the um, president. I have a complaint about this. Did you like that? She like. <laughs> 
She works for this nonprofit. This poor woman she works with is dressed like a bag lady. And she's got like the most tailored suits, like these gorgeous dresses. I think to myself, nothing like rubbing it in the nonprofit people's faces. Like uh, having worked in a nonprofit for a number of years, that's exactly the case, to be honest with you. The people at the top get all the money. Um, yeah. People that run these make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, don't let it fool you. Like messages. I mean, there's a lot of nonprofits that do great work. But if you're not in that top 2%, you make shit, shit money, like below poverty levels. So. Um, yeah. And she, why, what was her thing with wanting to lay off those people at that nonprofit? Was that, was that, what, what was the tactic behind that? Was that just a money? I don't understand the importance of it in this episode, I guess. Well, it, it allowed them to, to grow overseas um, or like tap into new markets. Um, okay. So you have already a better understanding <laughs> than I do. The one thing, there's a couple balls or, you know, celebrations in this. And I just wrote, does everyone in the government know how to waltz? Because everyone's doing like, straight up perfect dancing at these events. I've been to a gala in D.C. It is the most stuffy bullshit you've ever been to in your entire life. It is like just people like fake laughing and like asking for money to do stuff like the whole time. And it's just I don't know how to describe it. It's like being in Get Out, but all white people. Yes. And like you're just a normal everyday person, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how did I get here? How did they even get an invite to this thing? Yeah, like I just don't think. You know what? One thing I wrote, and this is going to sound nuts, but I wrote this episode needed more sex because if this was made now, I don't think this has enough to hold an audience if they started it in 2020. What do you mean? There's sex on it. But it's not like it's not racy enough. Yeah, it would probably be more graphic if it came out now. Not even. I mean. Not even that. It's just like they're saying a lot of words without saying anything. Like there wasn't enough, not action, but it wasn't racy enough. It wasn't like intriguing enough. Well, if you look at it this way, this is like a super smart show. Netflix has gone away from super smart shows. There's like Paradise PD like on here about a cartoon where a guy gets his ball shot. Like, it's a cartoon show. Like, they have gone away from super, super smart shows. And, I mean, there are some super smart shows that we're going to talk about and we'll get into that are, like, on other stations. I don't know. They, they like, make you think. And, like, people don't want to think anymore. They just want. I guess that's part of it, too. It it just seems so emotionless. Like, There's definitely a show you don't text and, like, play games on your phone the whole time while it's on the background. Like, for sure. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. You guys watched every minute of this thing. (laughs) What? Like this in Narcos because you got to read so much. You're like, what the fuck? I don't want right. to read the whole time. Right. Like, this is a show that's an investment. And what I think I would have liked it a little more if at the I mean, first of all, he went and got ribs at 730 in the morning, like whatever. But I think I would have liked it more if at the end, like something happened or somebody got taken down a little bit more. Like I was missing that. Like what would make me want to come back for episode two? Yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of goes to that that thing because. And Netflix, you're going to get all these shows at once. So you can just keep going. But there wasn't no big cliffhanger as if it was a week by week show where it's like the pilot is everything. Like pilot is an investment. It is like do or die, sink or swim. They're like, fuck it. There's more to watch. If you want to keep watching, keep watching because it's going to get good eventually. Right. That's a great point. I mean, you, you would see a whole different action on the network. Yeah. Networks have to like just cram and like like that's the whole show they'll stop production and like three months later if it gets picked up you're back in making more episodes and you needed it to be good to capture everybody you know 
I don't know how much everybody in the listening audience knows about the history of television, but when they started with TV, you know, from the 40s to probably the late 70s, it was this thing where they didn't think people would tune in week after week. So they had to kind of make one-off episodes. Like if you go back and think about Dukes of Hazard and those types. And it wasn't until the early 80s when they did um, Hill Street Blues and St. Elsewhere when they really thought like, okay, we can continue storylines and people will start to watch. They'll go into it. And we're kind of, we've continued this trend, but I think we've gotten so used to there being action in the first episode that's going to bring us back that this almost just seemed lost to me. Like that just wasn't enough going on. This, I'm like, where, where's this going? Like, I need like a punch. Yeah, um, a punch. Like if you, did you watch The Sinner when it came out? No. The Sinner is, it's a great show because, um, it's an anthology, so it kind of changes each season. So you only have to watch the one season of it if you want. But you have, I mean, something big happens right away. And you're like, I'm into this. Like, the dog dying in the beginning of this wasn't enough of a thing for me. Him addressing the camera wasn't enough to me. He wasn't enough to me. Like, Spacey, before, you know, we'll get into his whole rigmarole. <laughs> but before all that, I mean, he was like king shit. And he's a great actor. So the fact was that he was just, he seemed like very just laid back in this show. And I was not like, <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. There's no way to get everyone wanting to come back. Like just eating outside a barbecue joint, like dead ass in the morning. What, what yeah, was that? that? Was, not, <laughs> was that supposed to show like, oh, he's, he's so intimidating. He, this guy will open up and give him ribs at 730 AM. Well, I was like, what? I don't it give a shit. point of this. If somebody started choking on a rib, then I'd be like, "Woo, what happened to that person? I'll come back next episode. What like, made me want to come back and watch the second episode? Nothing. I still don't know. To be honest with you, I'm going through like Kevin Spacey's IMDB page right now. And there's like really nothing that blows my balls off. That's like, wow. I, I don't know if I could live without this movie. Like, to be honest, <laughs> I've never seen American Beauty. And I know like everyone sucked that movie's dick at like, oh, when, that was like award season came around back in the day. But like, yeah. That was huge that year. You know what movie I really liked that a lot of people didn't was The Life of David Gale. And I liked it because here's what here's what this episode should have taken from that movie. Have you ever seen that? No. So the whole thing, the whole premise of that is he fights against the death penalty and doesn't believe in it. So him, you're going through this whole thing and another woman that he worked with is also against it. Well, she dies. Well, he's on death row now because they believe he murdered her. So you go through this whole thing, you're going back and forth. Spoiler alert. At the end, it turns out she was in on it too. They really wanted to see if innocent people get put away to death, which he did, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't do the crime. So they go through this whole thing and that's kind of the punchiness that this needed. It needed a twist. There wasn't a twist, like right from the beginning when he gets screwed over on the secretary of state part, he basically tells like, I'm going to start revealing secrets. I'm going to take these people down and X, Y, Z. But we needed like more of a twist in this. I mean, I think maybe why I'm not sold on this is because Robin Wright played Jenny in Forrest Gump. And I'm still (laughs) fucking pissed about the way she treated him. So like, I'm just so invested in in that character that I couldn't come around to this. I was like, you want to know what? That piece of shit gave him AIDS. And all that stuff. And I'm like. I would have rather had Jenny in this episode. (laughs) I wish she was more Jenny in this. (laughs) I I just. 
I didn't, you know, I really, and I kind of like Robin Wright Penn, right? Like, I like her kind of demeanor. She's in fabulous shape in the show. But I didn't oh, yeah. care hmm. for her interactions with Francis. They were just so stone cold. I don't care if people are politicians. I don't care who they are. No husband and wife have interactions like that. It was unnatural to me. Yeah, well, maybe it's just like an arranged marriage for them for power. I mean, True. I don't know. True. People still do that? I could see that. I could see that for sure. When she told him what to wear when she goes, the navy blue one, I was like, okay. Like, does he have no balls at all? (laughs) He can't even pick out the suit he's going to wear tomorrow. I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with, I couldn't deal with the laid back accent. I couldn't deal with the freaking rhymes he was always talking. (laughs) I love for more than sharks love blood. Like, okay. Do you? Because I'm not seeing it. I don't know. There's a certain way to talk to a camera and like you got to be like sass in it. You know what I mean? Like you got to drop jokes and stuff to like make me want to see you talk into the camera again. Yeah. When Jim looks in the camera in the office, I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, he did it. Look at it. Everyone see that? (laughs) Exactly. Like if he was going to break the fourth wall, like I could see that even playing out. Like when someone told him something shitty, he just kind of like does a sly look at the camera like that. Yeah. Or to like preface that something is about to happen. Right. We want to be in on the joke. We want to be in on it. I just, I didn't understand the value of it. At the end of the episode, I'm, I think that we're supposed to think like, wow, this is a guy like he's going to do it and we're behind him. And I did not. Yeah. I didn't know who to root for. I'm like, do I root for Kate? I'm straight up rooting for the bald dude. (laughs) He's out there just flinging it. You know what I mean? I like that. He's a little bit like smarmy. I like that. He's fucking the secretary. Like I, you know what I mean? But he's still getting shit done. Like I liked, I liked that. That's a backstory right there. They set up his characters like depth more than they did anyone else's. Or maybe it's because they don't have depth. Yes. Maybe it's because all these people are so fucking shallow. Yeah, one-dimensional. I just... and Did you find it... Okay, this is totally a, a girl thing to pick up on, but the day that Frank wants to meet up with Zoe, this is the one day she's not in a sweatshirt. I was like, well, how'd she know? Because <laughs> every other day that we've seen her on oh, the job, she's just straight that. chilling in a hoodie. Yeah, so when they meet, it's almost like, oh, they both look like professionals. But it's like, again, I'm a smart audience <laughs> viewer. Like, I picked up on that right away. It's like, oh, she's dressed for she's dressed for the part for that day. I, there was a lot yeah, of this is exactly, in this to me. We don't just, like, think like this. We think like this all the time, like, when we watch shows and stuff. Like, working in production and stuff, and I'm like, I always look for, like, the miscues or, like, people standing on the wrong side. And like continuation shots and stuff like that, where like people fucked up in the editing room. Like those are my favorite to find. And like I'll just like pause it and be like, I'll say to my wife, be like, look at that shit. Yeah, like, That's sloppy. And that, you know, even then, like I hundred percent agree in suspension of disbelief. Like you gotta kinda like get your mind out of that when you're watching this. But then there's a few things that are just so it's like your audience is smarter than this. I don't need Frank to tell me step by step but if he's in on it with me he's giving me a little wink a little nudge then then we're on the same side when you're just explaining everything to the audience you act like they're stupid i mean some of the things i wrote down like moving forward like he's gonna fuck zoe that's gonna whatever play out but she's also did you notice like when she comes in with the story like all of a sudden she's got an inflated sense of ego Mm -hmm. Right. Like now she's t- telling Constance Zimmer what's up. So I imagine that's going to expand more and more. And that's going to be kind of what jumbles the whole thing with Frank. Mm. Like why they start sleeping together, but then ultimately why he wants to kill her, from my understanding. 
Um, I think Robin Wright's going to find out about that, but I don't know if she's going to care because I think power is probably like what's most important to mm-hmm. her. Definitely. You know what made me laugh about this? Um, <laughs> when Spacey comes in to, to get his lunch and he's using a tray in the cafeteria, I was like, come on, you got to be more badass than that. <laughs> You're about to take down the entire government. Put the tray down. Go get yourself a power lunch. Get the fuck out of the DC. Where you just want them to walk by someone and just like fucking flip their tray and be like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> well, Doyle rules. Like getting the ribs at seven thirty in the morning was a bigger power move than using the tray in the calf. <laughs> and when he used the word chitlins, I go, "What are they, are they using that word to make him sound more southern?" Oh uh, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking terrible accent. What do you think going forward? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Oh like, what... yeah, for sure. Kevin Spacey's gonna die. Like they're gonna have to kill him off. Like after the sexual predator stuff. Yeah, like, they. I mean, they gotta get yeah, rid of him. Thousand percent. And then his wife is gonna quit the nonprofit and run for his position because, like, she ends up on the throne on the Netflix um, cover. What qualifies her? I mean, I definitely probably qualifies than anyone nowadays. No, nothing. Like, you're just gonna be <laughs> thirty-five. That's it. They're like, oh, you were married to him. You're. Yeah, a- I mean, I'm sure she. <laughs> He had a nice, healthy um, insurance life insurance policy. Um, I'm yeah. sure they're already wealthy. Um, I'm sure, she already has connections. So, like, I assume that she's going to take over and fulfill his destiny. Do I mean? Do you think she's going to be president? Yeah. Is that what? Is that what the ultimate goal is? The presidency and all I, this? I, I'm assuming so. It's the top of the top of the house cards there. I mean, yeah, I think I think she definitely is going to. She runs the show already. I mean, this is the 90s and this is bill and hillary for Mm -hmm. sure so i mean she's gonna step up and i guess you know become she's hillary she's gonna lose but (laughs) and then write a book about it but i mean (laughs) but uh, you know i don't think she's gonna lose i think she's absolutely gonna take it wherever it needs to be but what i still gonna wonder what that means for the whole premise. I mean, because if we think about the whole premise, it's supposed to be him taking people down. Now if she starts running the show what what are the stakes people coming after her character or some shit that he did or some shit he did like that's all that keeps poli sci stuff running like once you get to the pinnacle like once you get to the apex episode that's it yeah well thanks everybody for tuning into our very first episode um we're gonna come back for part two we're gonna watch the series finale see how it all plays out we're going to uh find out what fans think I had to imagine with a show like this that Netflix probably learned because again, this is, this is the beginning of their whole original content. I have to imagine that they had to learn a lot of lessons from this show. One of them being, don't let the main actor harass the casting crew, <laughs> which we'll get to in part two of this episode. Well, Courtney actually but... <laughs> worked for casting crew. So I'm sure she, she's a little sensitive on that. that, that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in part two, we'll definitely get into the controversy around this show, um, Spacey, the Me Too movement. So there's a lot to be said. Yeah, so and sprinkle throughout all this, we're, we're going to share our own personal stories, um, which I'm sure will be great. And I mean, mine are Ooh. outrageous and all over the place about being on production. So we'll be back um, for part two of this. We're going to take off. We're going to watch the series finale and we'll catch up soon. All right. Thanks, guys. We out.